Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The FIA World Endurance Championship on RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. And plenty to get our teeth around ahead of qualifying for the GT cars, both Pro and Am, which will be 20 minutes, then a brief pause, and then on to the prototype qualifying again for 20 minutes for LMP2s and LMP1s. And I talk about things getting getting our teeth around. Uh, LMP1 could be very interesting uh, this weekend because the two Toyotas that are joint championship leaders, having had the same results effectively, uh, a win apiece, one at Silverstone for the number uh, for the number seven car, and then the eight machine taking victory last time out at, in Japan. So Jose Maria Lopez. Kamui Kobayashi, Mike Conway, Brendan Hartley, Kaz Nakajima and Sebastian Buemi all have 44 points, courtesy of a race win, 25 and a pole position each as well. Uh, And therefore they are going to be, by the ACO's calculations, 2.74 seconds per lap slower at Shanghai than the lowest ranked uh, LMP1 car in the standings currently, which is the... Uh, Janetta number six, which has struggled so far for some well, some luck at the the bottom line, and also some pace here and there. Uh, but it, it would appear that the rebellion, the sole rebellion, and the other Janetta are going to be very handily, pl- very uh, equally placed, I should say. Which is the number one rebellion? We only have one now, even though there were two at Silverstone for the opening round, and the number five car running at almost identical weights. Uh, the second Team L and T car, though slightly lighter, uh, sorry, slightly heavier rather, with it being six kilos. But um, is that really going to matter around Shanghai? Uh, The track, by the way, is 5.4 kilometres and there are 16 corners. Remember that ever-tightening first right-hander, which then spits you out into the left-hander at turn three. And then quite a crucial run down towards turn six, the hairpin after a kink at five. Then you're into the very technical middle sector of this Shanghai International Circuit. So arcing left, then into a right, which is still pretty quick. I mean, I would imagine certainly in a prototype, you're full throttle there. Then into a, a pretty niggly double left-hander at nine and ten. Short, sharp, straight to 11. 12 is the right-hander, which increasingly opens through 13, and then you're into a one-kilometre straight, the back straight, even though it's at 90 degrees to the start-finish straight. And that's the start of Sector 3, which is a crucial overtaking opportunity into 14. So you're coming from a great uh, straight-line speed where you can slipstream other cars, crucial in GTs, more than prototypes, arguably. And 14 then is a is an awkward chicane. Often see one or two cars out breaking themselves into 14, uh, particularly if they're going to go for an overtaking manoeuvre during the race. And then 15 is a corner, but not really registered as such by drivers because it's just the kink out of 14, the hairpin. And 16 is tricky as well. Not a full 90-degree left-hander. 
but you've always got to be wary of cars behind you that are about to pit because they basically don't brake for 16. The pit lane entry is dead straight out of 16 and the uh, pit-bound cars are turning left much later on. But there's always the risk of being creamed into the back of if you are taking to the normal circuit. And then underneath the very vast uh, pit lane building two stretches of uh, of infrastructure in fact across the main start finish straight at great height as well no time to look at that if you're on a flyer and speaking of flying laps the green flag is about to be waved in Shanghai ahead of 20 minutes then of qualifying for the GT cars 12 in GTE Am and six in GTE Pro. It being a four-hour race, the pro teams have all turned up with two drivers. Very late announcements indeed for the 88 GTE Am car being run by Christian's, Christian Reed's outfit, Dempsey Proton Racing. But there are now drivers there. And an interesting signing in the form of the younger brother of Earl Bamber, Will, who is going to be driving the number 88 car with Thomas Prining. We've had to somewhat of a revolving door in that Porsche this year with Silverstone being Prining's support act Gianluca Giraudi and Ricardo Sanchez then on to Japan and it was Satoshi Hoshino and Adrian Delina the Belgian now we got Will Bamba of New Zealand and Angelo Negro of Italy so it will be a an Austrian Kiwi and Italian combination in the 88 car. But otherwise, as far as the provisional entry list is concerned, everybody, to my knowledge, uh, is as it as was expected in the middle of the week. So 20 minutes starting to count down already at 19 minutes. This is a sort of medium length circuit when it comes to the WEC. And as I say, 5,451 metres in length. The first sector ending on the exit of turn six, the first of the tricky hairpins, and the end of, or the start of sector three, end of sector two, is the start of that very long straight where they go through a speed trap and power their way along that straight into turn 14. So Aston Martin number 90, which is in that very smart uh, blood red colour, as Charlie Eastwood uh, told us it was at Silverstone, this is RS1, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. Johnny Palmer taking you through qualifying for the third race of the year in the FIA World Endurance Championship. Going to be joined by Bruce Jones for the race tomorrow, which is a midday start local time. Uh, able to start that late because it is only four hours this time around. And one of, uh, well, the second of two four-hour races in the season. The six-hour races being... One that we've already had at Fuji at the start of last month. Sao Paulo in the new year, the 1st of February, also due to be a six-hour race. And the only visit in this particular season to Spa-Francorchamps. We had two last year, two last season, more accurately, uh, at the, the uh, start of 2018. And also then into the first portion of 2019 but as far as the race is concerned, it'll all be covered here on RS1 once again. Uh, so local time at Shanghai, we will be on air at 25 past 11 in the morning. That in the UK is uh, a match sticks in the eyes, 3.25 a.m. for the countdown to green. 3.55 is the start of our race coverage because that will uh, cover the formation lap. 
and then on into the race itself. And then we've got the full post-race tech, which will start at roughly ten past eight uh, in the UK, but that is ten past four uh, Shanghai time, and run through, well, we'll probably do half an hour or so, depending on your questions and queries at the end of it all. An early spin, I notice, for a guest entry, which is the number 78 car coming out of turn 16. So the 78 car, which I know um, had been... It was being attempted by Christian Reed to actually get that in for a full-season entry. That is Louis Pret who is part of an all-monogasque lineup? They were at Le Mans, for those with good memories, last year in the 78 car as well. And I'm pretty sure it's exactly the same lineup. Yes, it is. So Vincent Abril, uh, Philippe Pret, and Louis Pret. Louis is the younger of the father and son team there. Uh, he is now 21. He was only 20 at Le Mans last year. But yes, had a birthday in July. Uh, yes, in July, so that takes him to 21 years old, and 56-year-old Philippe Pret, his father, Vincent Abril, is the sometimes French, sometimes monogast, depending on which entry list you're looking at. He is the 25-year-old who resides in, Mon in Monaco, but actually was born in L.A.'s. LA. So, the number 56... Team Project 1 Porsche coming out of turn 14. There are two Team Project 1 cars uh, this weekend, as there are all season. And Egidio Perfetti must take part in qualifying, along with either David Heinemeyer Hansen or Matteo Cairoli. The other car, their lineup has had a bit of a tweak at Team Project 1. It's still Ben Keating and Jerome Blakemolen, but Larry Ten Vorder also of the Netherlands, so presumably one of Blake Molen's best mates, uh, being brought in to replace uh, the normal driver in 57, which, are, which is uh, Philippe Fraga, who was in the car at Le Mans last year and has, I think, done the first two races of the season with Ben Keating. But that lineup has had to have a bit of a tweak as well. So, session ticking by, let's give you some initial times and remember as well that qualifying in the WEC, even for a four-hour race, uh, is a two-part affair, so your time won't officially count and be registered on the grid until you've cycled through two of your drivers. That's pretty easy for pros because there are only two drivers in their lineups this weekend. In AMS, though, there's a choice to be made. One of your two drivers has to be the bronze in the combination, and there has to be one bronze, at least one bronze in the combination in GTE AM. So you use a bronze, and then your second choice of driver is entirely free. So unsurprisingly, most teams go with their gold or platinum. Maxime Martin in the number 97 car has done a pretty decent time, but an early pace actually being set by a GTE AM car. And that is the number 56, Team Project 1 Porsche, being driven by Matteo Cairoli. Remember that the Porsches differ between AM and Pro in this season of the WEC. There is a brand new Porsche, which wasn't able to be used at Le Mans last year, but it's now a 4.2 litre flat six, which sits in the middle of uh, Porsche's numbers 91 and 92. 
and being driven by Jimmy Bruni, Ricard Leitz for the 91 car and Michael Christensen and Kevin Estra, the 92 car. There's all change at the sharp end now, though, of the pro category because we have two GTE pro cars uh, right at the top. Davide Regon's done a 159.860 in the number 71 Ferrari and in the number 92 Porsche, uh, Michael Christensen, the Dane, sets a two minutes, 0.134. So there is a gap of basically a quarter of a second between Ferrari 71 and Porsche number 92. Early pace setter, Matteo Cairoli for Team Project One, the German outfit who have come through Porsche Carrera Cup Deutschland, a big team within that, and are now running two season-long entries in the WEC, cars 56 and 57, while it is still the 56 car which is fastest in GTE Am, but with those last few laps completed by the pros, it's now all six pros at the sharp end. So Maxime Martin for Aston Martin sets the quickest time of this initial phase. 159.787 for Maxime Martin, who is uh, sharing, as usual, with Alex Lynn. So a Belgian and British combination there in the Vantage AMRs. And they all look the same, by the way, from Aston Martin Racing. Uh, rather unhelpfully for us commentators. Uh, red door mirrors to support the um, the fuel backer that they have this year, Total. And also there's this sort of two-tone British racing green they've got going on as well, which is nicely phased from the lighter green on the nose to the dark green on the rear of 95, 97 and the 98 car, which is the uh, entry in GTE Am four uh, now who's qualifying that initially Ross Gunn is qualifying that who's been doing a full season of Michelin Le Mans Cup this year in support of the European Le Mans series also busy in things like Blancpain and other GT uh, machinery all with Aston Martin of course and that's Ross is part of the WEC because of a major shake up at Car 98 Paul Dallalana deciding to I was about to say ditch there. That's probably a, a cruel word to come out with regarding Matthias Lauda and Pedro Lamy. But the long-time trio for Paul Dallalana's team has changed. And I know it was a huge decision for the Canadian to make, but Darren Turner and Ross Gunn are his new teammates. And it's now an Aston Martin front row because 159.708 puts Nicky Team a smidge quicker than his teammate Maxime Martin. A smidge, by that I mean 79 thousandths of a second, and it is car 95, Nicky Team fastest from Maxime Martin, number 97, second fastest, 159.708 and a 159.787. Ferraris come next in GTE Pro, that's James Collado's 51 car, which is third quickest, 159.816, ahead of Miguel Moliner, who is the Spaniard, effectively taking over from Sam Bird in the off-season. Sam had a big decision to make regarding his uh, other full-time drive in Formula E, but with one or two clashes, even as late as the Barcelona prologue last July, Sam had a decision to make, and Miguel Molina uh, is able to get the opportunity when Sam decides that he can't do the FIA WEC. It remains to be seen whether Sam will join the team for some of the longer races uh, will we see him at the 8 hours of Bahrain for instance or 
mind you, was that one of the clashes with the Formula E Championship? Quite possibly so. So Miguel Molina, fourth fastest and uh, doing a decent job with nine minutes left on the clock of the 20. Uh, Matteo Cairoli has gone round again and improved yet further to now put his Team Project 1 Porsche, number 56, quicker than both of the works Porsches. So those at uh, Stuttgart will not be happy regarding Matteo Cairoli, even though he is a works Porsche driver. He's doing too good a job in a sense because he splits the uh, uh, GT Pro Porsches 91 and 92 from the rest of the field from the Astons and the Ferraris so it is a yellow and black Porsche first of all um, Matteo Cairoli as now driver twos are getting on board by the way and the first of which into the 77 car that being Matty Campbell of Australia 77 Matt Campbell set to 2 minutes 0.8 which is 4 seconds quicker than Matt's teammate and what I didn't do is check, well, it had to be a, had to have been Christian Reed in the 77 car initially. So it is now a combined time, an average time of 2.02.498 to put Matt Campbell at the sharp end. Then four pro cars, the ones I've described. Matteo Cairoli jumps down to sixth fastest now rather than fifth quickest as he was before. But we haven't yet seen a second driver in car 56. Then the two works Porsches. Slightly different liveries on those cars. A whiter number 91 is quickest. Jean-Marie Bruni doing the time. Two minutes, 0.082. Ahead of a slightly more silver number 92 car of Michael Christensen. And Christensen's time was a two minutes, 0.134. Let's give you the order elsewhere in GTE Am. Well, it's changed again because we're now getting second drivers into car 86 and also 56. Uh, but the fastest pro car is number 77. Then 86, which is the Gulf Racing entered machine. Remember, Gulf Racing entered as such. And then there was a change in their one of their major sponsors. So it no longer runs in the Gulf colours of the, the powder blue with the orange. A very different paint scheme, which is principally black with a little bit of orange detail here and there on the... Uh, on the dive planes of the splitter and also on the door mirrors too. Looks very, very smart, uh, but has no attachment to golf racing, that, that crew now, despite their name. Uh, now at the wheel is Mike Wainwright, and I didn't spot who did the first time, but I'm sure it was probably Ben Barker, if not Andrew Watson. Ben is the gold in that combination, and Andrew Watson is the silver, and that car is currently third now in GTE Am, behind Charlie Eastwood's TF Sport Aston Martin, which has also had a lap in the number 90 car from Sally Yolich. So the silver-rated Irishman Charlie Eastwood is uh, the second driver into that car. Johnny Adam, by the looks of things, then going to be sitting qualifying out. But doesn't it doesn't look like they need him because he is that uh, those two drivers are now fastest in GTE Am ahead of Matt Campbell's 77 Porsche and Mike Wainwright in the number 86 Porsche. Fourth in Am is the 56 Team Project One Porsche. Qualifying initially done by Matteo Cairoli. He's now handed over to his bronze teammate Egidio Perfetti, who is Swiss-born but Norwegian on the entry list and speaks with a very Italian accent, although he's from Serengo in the southern part of Switzerland, very close to the Italian border. And Perfetti now installed into car 56 to offer us a lap. 
the two works Porsches haven't yet got their second drivers at the wheel. I'll correct that. 91 has. 92 is just on an outlap now, and it's Kevin Estra who's taken that car over. So that's all correct. We just haven't had any times from those two cars just yet for their second drivers. Uh, sixth in pro is Paul Dallalana now in the 98 Aston Martin. Seventh is the 88 Porsche. Angelo Negro, the new driver in 88, supporting Thomas Prining. And then the rest in AM, this order, the 70 Ferrari from MR Racing is eighth. Ninth position for AF Corsa, 54 Ferrari, now being driven by Thomas Fleur. Tenth place for 83 AF Corsa car. Uh, stifled a little bit with some success ballast. There's been a twe- tweak, by the way, to the balance of performance ballast. But success ballast, which is going to adjust all year, depending on who's leading the championship and who won the last uh, two races. And that's applied very similarly as it is in the European Le Mans series, i.e. if you lead the championship, you've got 15 kilos for company, second in the championship, 10 kilos, third in the championship, 5 kilos, and it's applied again, just the same for the result in GTE Am at Silverstone and the result at Fuji, the top three again penalised. So you could, in effect, be carrying three lots of 15 kilos and a maximum of 45, therefore, but I don't think any of the Ferraris or indeed any of the GTE AM cars have the maximum amount of ballast this weekend. Uh, 83 is 10th, therefore, 11th position, the 78 guest entry from Proton Competition, and 12th position is the Red River Sport Ferrari of now Bonhomme Grimes and a little earlier on uh, Johnny Molem. Charlie Hollings is the silver-rated driver. At the sharp end, we now have two times for Aston Martin number 97, and they are not very far away from one another, three-tenths of a second in it. So fastest, therefore, Maxime Martin, 159.787. Alex Linz clambered on board, the man from Goodmays in Essex, and that car has done a two-minutes Point zero one zero, so it gives the 97 car an average of 159.898 that puts them almost half a second clear of the number 71 Ferrari of Miguel Molina and previously in car 71 Davide Regon who set the early pace with a 159.880 what we don't know at this stage is what teams are doing with tyres because It'd be wise to hold some tyres back for the race, although it is only four hours. Uh, GTE Am, the pace early set by the 56 car of Matteo Cairoli, as I described, and that car's now being driven by Egidio Perfetti. But yes, the, the, the least t- amount of tyres you can use in qualifying, the better it is for the race, because you'll have more rubber to lean on uh, when it comes to the four hours. All the GT cars are on Michelin rubber. Uh, the LMP1s are also on the French manufacturer rubber, but there are three crews in LMP2 running on Goodyear's they being the 33 high class racing entry with their Orica 07 and the two Oricas from Jackie Chan DC Racing slash Jota Sport, both cars run by Sam Hignett's Jota Sport uh, but car 37 is still known as Jackie Chan DC Racing for uh, backing and sponsorship reasons so therefore Jackie Chan DC Racing at their home race, we'll talk more about the LMP2s and 1s in a second but now just 80 seconds left on the clock 
of the 20 and it's a Porsche at the head of the order now because car 92 Kevin Estra goes to the sharp end with a 159.579 as a combined effort and that is mainly because Kevin Estra's time is a 159.024 the Frenchman going from strength to strength in this rich vein of form in his career currently a brilliant performance at the Nürburgring 24 hours although it ultimately resulted in his car being disqualified because of post-race discrepancies he had a blistering spa 24 hours as well and Kevin Estra getting his teeth into this lap at the Shanghai International Circuit setting a 159.024 there was a wry smile from Kevin's teammate Michael Christensen or more to the point Jean-Marie Bruni who's in the sister Porsche because Bruni's Porsche props up the GTE Pro field whereas the sister machine is the fastest by 28 thousandths of a second there's still a little bit of time yet left yet though uh, possibly for Estra to improve but certainly for others out on track including uh, Marco Sorensen in 95 who's now second fastest in his 95 Aston Martin leapfrogging Alex Lynn in the sister 97 car. Two Ferraris, therefore, fourth and fifth in pro, and the number 91 car of Ricard Leitz and Jean Maria Bruni, uh, sixth out of six pro machines. As far as Am is concerned, Ichidier Perfetti doing a good job. His time at 201.617. That's not a million miles away from Matteo Cairoli's effort. Only 1.6 seconds slower. So mightily impressive from Perfetti. The chequered flag is now out and cars starting to cross the line. One or two of the pros have already parked up again in an effort to save tyre wear. So we're not going to see any further times from Kevin Estra. Maybe we won't need one because he's still on pole position by 18 thousandths of a second now Marco Sorensen must have improved again 159.487 now 8.6 rather from the Danish driver so a, a Nicky team Marco Sorensen combination gives the 95 Aston Martin a 159.597 but I don't think it's going to be enough because cars are streaming across the line and there are big grins on the faces of Kevin Estra and Michael Christensen it looks like pipping everybody else in GTE Pro and in the whole of the GT field to pole position. Looking down to the cockpit of the other Porsche, Richard Leitz with the spectacles on and also heading now into pit lane without receiving the checkered flag is the number 70 MR Racing Ferrari. But here is the order in GTE Pro. Assuming this doesn't change, 92 Porsche fastest by 18 thousandths of a second from 95 Aston Martin. 97 Aston Martin will start on the second row in Pro ahead of the 51 Ferrari. And then the third row in GTE Pro will be the 71 Ferrari of Miguel Molina and Davide Rigon, the early pace setter in that category, ahead of the second of the Porsches, number 91 and no success ballast in GTE Pro, so that's not because the Porsches are running at different weights or anything complicated like that. Uh, they're only six-tenths of a second off, Ricard Leitz and uh, Jimmy Bruni, but must be wondering uh, what on earth uh, the other team had got there in reserve, and it was probably uh, all about Kevin Estra, quite frankly. So Estra and Christensen get pole position. As far as GTE Am is concerned, Egidio Perfetti and Matteo Cairoli do enough. They are seven-tenths of a second quicker than the rest of the GTE Am field. Paul Dallalana, uh, along with his co-drivers, 
uh, Darren Turner and Ross Gunn, although it was Ross who was setting the times with Paul. They will start from second position then in GTE Am and from eighth place in the GT field. Then it'll be another Porsche-Aston Martin combination on the second row in GTEM. The 77 Porsche of Matt Campbell and Christian Reed, who were on qualifying duty. They're joined by Riccardo Perra, the young Italian driver as well, ahead of the uh, all-red for this year, number 90 Aston Martin Vantage AMR of Sally Yolich and Charlie Eastwood, together with Johnny Adam. The... Next row in GTE Am will be the 57 uh, Team Project 1 Porsche. That's the car of Ben Keating and Jerome Blakemolen, joined for the first time this weekend by Larry Ten Vorder, also of the Netherlands, ahead of the AF Corsa Ferrari, number 54, of Thomas Fleur, Francesco Castellacci and, uh, and Giancarlo Fisichella. Seventh and eighth will be a Ferrari and Porsche affair for MR Racing, number 70, ahead of the 88 Porsche with the ever-changing driver lineup. Ninth and 10th, the 86 Porsche of Golf Racing and the 83 Ferrari of AF Corsa. And then the 78 Proton Competition Porsche of Philip and Louis Pret. Interestingly then, both Pretts doing qualifying and uh, standing being the observer, uh, Vanson Abril. And that's, I'm sure, a decision by the Pret family to get a little bit more experience of the track, quite possibly, um, and a chance to do that with it being slightly quieter than normal because there are no prototypes out on track and just a chance, really, for Louis and Philippe to show what they can do. It didn't start particularly well for Louis Pret, who had an early spin out of turn 16, but otherwise I think their run was clean in car 78. And in the number 62 Ferrari, Bonamy Grimes and Johnny Molem joined again by Charlie Hollings for their third event of the season. They have qualified in 12th position in car 62. So, well done to Porsche, who are very happy indeed with their performance over that 20-minute period. It's not a dominant pole position by any means, 18 thousandths of a second, and it looks like the Aston Martins are going to be sniffing down right down there, breathing down their necks uh, in the early stages of the race. Ferrari... Certainly one of the Ferraris looks to be on the pace, only a tenth of a second away from the top three. Uh, It's more like half a second, though, for car 71. So, again, did they struggle with uh, a little bit of traffic here and there? Maybe didn't get the the tyres up to temperature as quickly as they would have wanted Miguel Molina, depending on what sort of tyres he was given, of course, obviously Michelin's, but had they been used already in any of the free practices. Difficult to tell from this vantage point, but we're going to turn our attention now to the prototype field. And prototypes, as I've already suggested, uh, all change regarding the LMP1s. But let's tell you what's happening in LMP2, because the championship is led after two rounds by Racing Team Nederland, the number 29 uh, Orica and... Uh, Fritz van Erd's squad switching to Orica machinery over the off-season. They also, even as late as the Barcelona prologue, were deciding which tyres it would be best to run on in this season. They decided to plump for Michelin's. And it's going to be Fritz van Erd, Guido van der Garde and Nick de Vries continuing. Remember Jot van Aertert, who missed out on a European Le Mans series title this year uh, after actually a, an uncharacteristic mistake from the young Dutchman spinning out who would eventually be the 
title winners uh, in the form of Edex Sport. Uh, but uh, Jot van Aute, sadly, um, missing out on the title in ELMS, but nevertheless going strongly uh, in his occasional appearances in the WEC. Not going to be here, though, in China, and therefore Nick de Vries, Fritz van Aert and Guido van der Garde will pilot the 29 car as the championship leaders. Uh, cool racing come next. An early injury for Alexandre Quani means that he's not quite on the same points of Antonin Borger and Nicolas Lapierre, which is 35. Quani's further down the order after he was injured, you may remember, on the Saturday at Silverstone. But Cool Racing are second in the championship, ahead of Jackie Chandisi Racing, number 37. They're on 31 points. Cinetech Alpine Elf on 26 with their 36 car. And High Class Racing, number 33, are third in the championship on 18. The 2019-2020 LMP1 World Endurance Championship, um, the... Uh, the uh, Manufacturers' Championship, I should say, for the LMP1 WEC is topped, unsurprisingly, by Toyota Gazoo Racing. They're on 52 points after two race wins and two pole positions, so maximum points so far. Will that change this weekend? Rebellion a second on 17, a third-place finish uh, last time out at Fuji. And also, Janetta managed to get, or should I say Team LNT, with their Janetta, managed to get a third-place finish at Silverstone. They're also then, for, therefore, on 17 points. And it's uh, Rebellion number f- number one and Team LNT, Janetta number five, that are running on near enough the same success handicap, therefore. It's all judged from the team bottom in the point standings, which is the number six, Janetta, the... G60 LT P1 with the AER engine. So five cars in LMP1, eight cars in LMP2. LMP2 is still not quite a spec category, uh, but predominantly teams going for the Orica 07 or indeed the Alpine A470 as it is badged for Cinetech Alpine Elf, but underneath the skin that is still an Orica 07. Uh, there is one Delara in the field, uh, uh, fielded by... Cetela Racing of Italy and Roberto Lacorte, Andrea Bellicchi and Giorgio Cernagiotto are the driving lineup then for the only Italian made, of course, Delara P217. They're all powered by the same type of Gibson 4.2 litre engine made in Repton, Derbyshire. And uh, sound glorious, does the Gibson engine, whether it's uh, powering an Orica, a Delara, or indeed a Ligier. We don't have any Ligier JSP217, though, in the WEC field for 2019-2020. The clock has started to count down 20 minutes again for LMP1s and LMP2s, but currently we don't have any takers, and it looks like some, well, all of the uh, runners are deciding to stay in the pit lane for a little while. No, change that, because Charlie Robertson is released from the pit lane now in Team LNT number six. So one Ginetta on the move. The other car, which has Jordan King name alongside it, although it's not necessarily going to be him to do the first part of qualifying, but welcome Jordan King for his first experience of a Ginetta this year. Remember... There's been quite a bit of changing in the lineup in car number five. The constants have been Ben uh, Ben Hanley and Yegor Arudchev, but we had Charlie Robertson for the first race at Silverstone. Charlie then switched from car five to car six for Fuji and was replaced by Luca Giotto 
uh, in car five for the six hours of Fuji. And now it is Brit Jordan King in car number five for the third race of the year. At the number six machine is Mike Simpson once again, Guy Smith once again, and Charlie Robertson. Uh, what we haven't, the person we haven't seen yet is Chris Dyson, who was unfortunately injured um, in the run into the Barcelona prologue and was uh, did attend the second day of that test session, uh, but wasn't able to drive because of a, a hand or wrist injury after he crashed in the States racing one of his very powerful historic cars and is on the road to recovery now. In fact, I think we're to expect him for the eight hours of Bahrain next month, which is the 14th of December, by the way, and will be the fourth event and the final event of the 2019 portion of the 1920-2020 season. So the circuit steadily getting more and more populated with LMP2s and LMP3s. LMP2, in a sense, is rather easy to describe uh, because there are no... uh, there's not, there's not success handicap to talk about there, nor indeed success ballast, uh, and not even anything like balance performance either. That has already been sorted prior to the season getting going, which has potentially given the Delara a little bit more speed up against the Oricas, but I'm still expecting an Orica to be on pole position. Let's give you starting drivers, and in car number 22, it will be Portuguese driver. Philippe Albuquerque, car number 29, Nick de Vries. The 33 high-class racing car, it's Kenta Yamashita. And Tom Alara clambers on board the number 36, Cinetech Alpine Elf machine. And it's, in fact, uh, the first driver to complete an outlap. So next time around, uh, the timing screen, I'm sure, will be lighting up with the uh, Toyota test driver, young Frenchman Tom Alara installed for in car 36 for the initial run 37 Jackie Chan DC Racing Torica it's Will Stevens uh, it is in car number 38 car 38 Antonio Felix da Costa 42 sorry that's the Jota entry Jota Sport entry Cool Racing's number 42 Orica is Nicola Lapierre and Chetelar Racing of Italy it is Giorgio Cernagiotto in the Delara LMP2's well, still waiting for car seven to join the action. That's the Toyota Gazoo Racing TSO 50 of potentially Mike Conway, if not Kamui Kobayashi or Jose Maria Lopez. But the number eight Toyota is out on track, and that is Kazuki Nakajima doing the initial run. In car number one, Gustavo Menezes, who was topping the times in free practice one yesterday, uh, his time, a 148.761, actually put the young Californian four-tenths of a second quicker than the rest of the field in the Rebellion R13. And Menezes is out then for the first phase of qualifying. Again, two drivers, two times required to give these cars a legitimate average. Yegor Arudchev is in the number five LNT, Janetta and Charlie Robertson on board the number six Team LNT entry. So, as I say, Tom Alara just about at the front of the field, I'm going to suggest. Toyota number seven is out on track now, by the way, and 
who have Toyota then put at the wheel of that car. It is Kamui Kobayashi. So are we going to see Mike Conway for the second run? Or will he be left aside? I can't imagine that being the case, but I'm sure we've had qualifying sessions earlier on in the year where Mike wasn't part of the action and instead was put into the car for the first bit of the race. The best Goodyear tyre, best Goodyear car, I should say, is the number 33 machine now, high-class racing. Kenta Yamashita doing a 148.336, but that's only good enough for second fastest in the LMP2s because Nicolas Lapierre setting a good early marker there with a 148.089. Let's see what Nick de Vries has got up his sleeve. Yet to cross the line just yet, but... Nick de Vries streams across the line now and does a 148.431 which is good enough for fourth fastest in LMP2 we've also had times from the Lone Rebellion and one of the Genettas, car number 6 so Gustavo Menezes' effort is a 146.006 now how does that compare to his uh, free practice time, it's much quicker because nobody got anywhere near the 146s in free practice. We had a 148.7, which topped free practice one. That was a Menezes time. Then the number six, Ginetta, topped free practice two with a 148.1. And Toyota did a 147.1 in free practice three. Uh, so, therefore, we are uh, 1.1 seconds quicker than anything offered in free practice so far. Uh, a 146.006 is a demon time from Gustavo Menezes. And have Toyota got anything up their sleeve to match that, I wonder? I would imagine we're going to see a Toyota in the mid-146s, but can they go that quick? Remember that both Toyotas are running... Well, the, by design, the FIA and the ACO have made them 2.74 seconds per lap slower compared to the lowest-ranked LMP1 car in the point so far, which is the number six machine. And the Rebellion and the number five, Janetta, are on pretty much the same success handicaps. A driver's coming in now, and B driver's about to take over. That's not a reflection of their speed, because often the B driver, as I call them, is quicker. Will Stevens going to be exchanged for Hope in Tongue, I think. Remember, in LMP2, the rule is that a silver-rated driver must take part in qualifying. So that probably answers the question, actually, because uh, Hope in Tongue's with gold, isn't he? So it's going to have to be Gabriel Obrey, by my reading of the regulations, uh, to back up a Will Stevens time, which puts Will Stevens' car second fastest currently in LMP2. So already starting to see pit stops. We are just a 90 seconds away from half distance. Let's give you the order because it's LMP1s at the uh, top of the timing screen and currently topping the times by half a second is Gustavo Menezes in the number one Rebellion Racing R13. A 146.006 puts that car 0.5 of a second quicker than Kamui Kobayashi in the number seven Toyota Gazoo Racing TSO50. Third fastest is the number six Team LNT Ginetta of Charlie Robertson, a 146.757 from the British driver there. 
fourth fastest is the number eight car for Japanese pilot Kaz Nakajima in his Toyota, 147.043. And fifth fastest, Russian Yegor Arudchev has done a 147.368 in the number five Team LNT Janetta G60. So that car is fifth out of five LMP1 runners. In LMP2, it's the 42 car. A time from Nicola Lapierre of 148.089 puts that car fastest, but only by three-tenths of a second, car 42, from the Jackie Chan DC racing entry of Will Stevens. And, as I say, Gabriel Obrey looking like he was getting on board to do the second run in qualifying there. That's the Goodyear shod machine, number 37, ahead of another Goodyear tyred car then, the 33 of Anders Fjordback in high, the high-class racing machine. That car's done a 148.336. Fourth fastest in LMP2 is number 29, the championship leaders, 148.431. Uh, Nick de Vries in the racing team Nederland car. Um, then it is Antonio Felix de Costa in the number 38 machine. Sixth fastest for Phil Hansen for United Autosports, number 22. Tom Alaron, number 36, the Cinetech Alpine Elf entry for the Alpine A470. That car's seventh ahead of now Andrea Belicki, but initially Giorgio Sergiotto in the Cetilla Racing Delara. That car's did a 151.751, which really does emphasise the point that Delara don't quite have the pace this weekend once again. Uh, two seconds slower than the slowest Orica. Have we got times from the second drivers yet? No, because just giving them opportunity to do outlaps. But already, those down at Janetta are starting to rub their hands with glee and there are smiles emerging. I can tell that even for Gustavo Menezes and he's still got his race helmet on. But I'm sure that was a grin from Rebellion Racing's owner, Alexandre Pesci. Uh, Bart Hayden... I think still has uh, something to do with the team. Whether he's still team manager is a question. Uh, but the engineers, race engineer Justin Taylor for Rebellion and also uh, Gautier Boutelier, I'm sure are starting now to just offer themselves uh, a little exhale because they really think they're in the money area here for pole position, a first pole position of the season. And this will break a massive stranglehold that Toyota have had on the FIA WEC in recent years. Porsche and Toyota prior to that, and prior to that, Audi, of course, the four rings of Audi, and they were the three major manufacturers in LMP1. Rebellion have been in and out of LMP1. They had a season, remember, in LMP2 as well. Uh, but this, I'm sure, would be a first outright pole position for Rebellion Racing. The two Toyotas have found one another, Another reason why Rebellion are so happy is that Bruno Senna has gone even quicker than Gustavo Menezes now. Raving I was about the 146. Well, from the Brazilian Bruno Senna, it's a 145.778. That gives the car an average of a 145.892 and could very easily see a Rebellion on pole position because the Toyotas haven't yet offered second times. Yes, but... Car 7, a 146.5. Car 8, a 147.0 on their initial runs. The second drivers are now at the wheel of the Toyotas. Mike Conway at cutting the wheel of number 7. And Brendan Hartley piloting the number 8 car. We've got this uh, strange scenario now where there are LMP2s 
uh, second, third and fourth overall in qualifying. That's only because cars 42, 22 and 33 have given us second times from their second drivers. So at the moment, uh, Cool Racing lead LMP2 from Phil Hansen in car 22 and Anders Fjord back in 33. That is the order in LMP2 and they are legit times because they are officially two driver uh, average times. We haven't yet seen times offered though in LMP2 from the 29 and the 36 cars. Looks like Fritz van Aert is going to take over 29, yes, but the car's currently in the pit lane. They haven't got an awful lot of time to play with to do an outlap and then a quick one for Fritz van Aert. And is it the case that Fritz has been out and then back in again? 3 minutes 33, the last lap. That, to me, represents an outlap for the owner of the Jumbo supermarket brand, the CEO of the brand based in the Netherlands, and that car carries the same sort of uh, the same sponsorship as it has done uh, in the Minardi-esque livery, the yellow and black. But I just wonder whether t- car 29 has got uh, a concern here. Are we going to see that car back into the session? And if not, it may have to seek special dispensation to get a place on the grid. What's happening at the sharp end? Still waiting for a second time from car 7 and car 8. Has Bruno Senna gone even quicker? No. He's decided to come in the pit lane and says, that is enough. It's a 145.778. How many laps completed for car number 1? I think it could very easily be 6, i.e., an outlap, a fast lap and an in-lap for both Gustavo Menezes and Bruno Senna and they could well call it at that although I noticed that uh, Gustavo Menezes has been put back into the car just in case he needs to dive back into the session late in the piece the Genettas now have their second drivers uh, going for runs so Michael Simpson and Ben Hanley in the 6 and the 5 respectively there was an off track moment that time actually for Mike Simpson and he is now recovering from the grassy area now where did that happen through the left hander he did very very well actually to arrest that slide that looked a little bit like the left hander at turn 7 which is pretty fast on the approach and if you lose the back end there you've got to slam on the anchors as quickly as possible and hope that the nose doesn't make contact with the Armco barrier on the inside of the track and the Armco starts just feet away from the edge of the track and the white line so Mike Simpson did an incredibly good job there in arresting the speed of the car still went into a half spin and he had to take to the grass to recover but at least and he will have flat spotted the tyres of course as well but at least no damage on car number 6 car 5 meanwhile now across the line in the hands of Ben Hanley we do have a Toyota now setting a second time Mike Conway car 7 doing a 147.958 that's nearly a second and a half slower than the time from the teammate car 7 which was Kamui Kobayashi so Kobayashi's time 147 6.5 it's near enough a 148 from Mike Conway that surely again got to be do, to do with tyres and Toyota it looks like aren't even going to be on the front row here because Ben Hanley's gone across the line in car number 5 and sets a 146.907 for Team LNT and for Ginetta is it therefore going to be a rebellion slash Ginetta front row 
which is going to be headline news in the FIA World Endurance Championship. Obviously, this was the intention from the ACO when they wrote the rules and the regulations regarding success handicaps. The better you do in the championship, the better placed you are in the point standings, the slower your car's going to be in the next race. And a rather bleak expression, just vacant expression from Sebastian Buemi, who is just staring into the distance thinking well what on earth can we do here and I think wasn't it Buemi was quoted earlier on in the season saying my drive for the 2019-2020 season has completely gone because of the success handicap well Toyota have had their era of dominance and it was always going to be spiced up this particular season Buemi's going to have to find some drive from somewhere to try and get as best of a result as possible for Toyota tomorrow. I still think Toyota are going to be strong in the race because, remember, they have hybrid power and the ability to deploy drive through the front wheels because of that the energy harvest from the front, harvested from the front axle. And that will surely mean that they are... People are going to, the other teams are going to struggle to match them through traffic. Their ability to change direction and to accelerate past GT cars that the non-hybrids simply don't have. So let's not discount Toyota entirely, but it's looking very much like Toyota are going to finish this session in the lower places in LMP1. They are now fourth and fifth of a five-car field with just a minute left on the clock. And both Toyotas, by the way, have parked their cars. So Mike Conway and Brendan Hartley, I'm sure, getting out of their machines. It was a much better second time uh, for Mike Conway than Brendan Hartley because Brendan Hartley's done a 149.318 as a second offering. Bearing in mind that's over four seconds, over two seconds slower than the initial time from his teammate, Kaz Nakajima. So the fastest of the Toyotas, uh, the fastest time from all four drivers that have been in qualifying, I make it Kamui Kobayashi, 146.513. I'm sure many of you not really surprised by that. It's the f- second fastest time, Kaz Nakajima in the eighth car, 147.043. Third fastest time was Mike Conway, 147.958. And the, by, the, by far the slowest, Brendan Hartley with a 149.3. So it's going to be Toyota's fourth and fifth. But let's not take anything away from Rebellion. 59 seconds left on the clock now. And Rebellion R13 to the four. There may only be one with a full season entry. But congratulations to Gustavo Menezes and to, Br- to Bruno Senna, who are now having a quick conversation, taking their helmets and hands devices off. The Delara from Chetilar Racing about to head across the line as well in LMP2. But Gustavo Menezes' time for the young man from Los Angeles, 146.006. Bruno Senna went even quicker, 145.778. That puts the R13 on pole position by 1.2 seconds, a combined time, 145.892. Then it is the two Ginettas, car six, faster than car five. Remember, though, that the number five car had an early spin. So actually, Mike Simpson did a very good job there. Uh, Who's the show now, by the way, of Orica, one of the first to congratulate Bruno Senna and Gustavo Menezes and 
Norman Natto, who didn't have a part to play in qualifying, but is very much part of their driving line at this weekend, also squeezing in for a quick post-qualifying shot. And they are the photographs that are going to be seen on websites and in magazines in the forthcoming seven days. This is a big shake-up for the FIA WEC, but as I say, was the intent from the championship organisers. So Ginetta number six, second fastest, a 147.092 for Mike Simpson and Charlie Robertson. And in the number five car, Ben Hanley and Yegor Rudchev doing the combined time of a 147.109. Puts the number five Ginetta into third position on the grid. Then it's the Toyotas that we've spoken so much about. Car seven faster than car eight. But the seven car on average times 1.3 seconds slower than the Rebellion. And the number eight car 2.2 seconds slower than the Rebellion's qualifying time. In LMP2, somewhat overshadowed by what was happening in LMP1, so apologies for that. I did uh, give you you a a kind of rough idea of where that was going. Not a lot changed, actually, even when the second driver was installed. Nicolas Lapierre setting the initial pace for Cool Racing, car number 42, and Antonin Borger doing a very good backup job there to the Frenchman. And Antonin Borger, the frisch, the frisch? Well, I suppose that's correct, actually, because he is both French and Swiss, dual nationality. So let's call him Frisch. Uh, 149.210 for Antonin Borger gives the car an average of 148.649. That car on Michelin tyres, but intriguingly, also on the front row in LMP2, we've got a good a Goodyear shod car in the form of number 37, the Jackie Chan DC racing car, initially qualified by Will Stevens, and it was Frenchman Antonin, uh, it was Frenchman Gabriel Aubry doing the second time, 149.224. So it's a 48.775 for the 37 car. Third in LMP2 is the number 22 United Autosports car of Phil Hansen and Philippe Albuquerque. Fourth position for High Class Racing, Anders Fjordback doing a time in the 33 car and Kenta Yamashita doing the initial effort puts that car fourth on the grid then the 38 car of Roberto Gonzalez for Jota Sport and sharing that car Antonio Felix da Costa uh, sixth place in LMP2 the 47 Delara of Chetilar Racing interestingly Giorgio Sunashiotto got back on board that car after Andrea Beliki did a very quick lap indeed, a 150.470, and he then handed back over to his fellow Italian teammate, who is the bronze in the combination. Uh, seventh fastest, Signatech Alpine Elf. Now, what on earth happened to car 36? They must have struggled for whatever reason. Again, that could have been tyre-related. Pierre Rag doing the latter time, a 152.296. That's uh, nowhere in comparison to the t- his teammate's time, Thomas Laurent, uh, Thomas doing a 149.586. And I was right to be concerned about the championship leader in LMP2 because no second time offered by the 29, Orica 07, of Racing Team Nederland. Fritz van Erd took the car over at roughly half distance, did an outlap, but it took him three and a half minutes and he didn't cross the line. He came back into the pits, did Fritz van Erd. And the Jumbo car, therefore, Racing Team Nederland's Orica, uh, unable to post, effectively, a qualifying time, even though we did have an effort from Nick de Vries, which was a 148.430, very respectable time. And was that actually faster 
than Cool Racing's effort. No, not quite, but it was in the ballpark, a 148.1. They weren't able to offer, though, a second time. And what we have seen in previous rounds is that cars that don't do second times have to either start from the pit lane a lap down. I think that's most likely. If they are very lucky, they will be able to start from the grid, but at the back of the LMP2s, or possibly even the back of the field. But I think that's going to be a pit lane start and a full lap down. We saw it at Silverstone for the number 57 Porsche, which didn't even take part in qualifying back in August. Right then, so much to discuss regarding qualifying then, and indeed the free practice times as well. We will have plenty of chance to do that during our countdown to green, which, as I said earlier on in the broadcast, is a 3.25am start in the UK on RS1, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. That will be 25 past 11am uh, in Shanghai and we'll have about half an hour of countdown to green our race coverage starting at 5 to the hour midday start in Shanghai 4am start in the UK and the race uh, going through till four o'clock in the afternoon in Shanghai post-race tech follows that again for about 30 minutes and I'm sure we will not be short of uh, discussion topics in both the countdown to green and post-race tech so be sure to join myself johnny palmer and bruce jones for full race coverage of the third round of the season in the fia world endurance championship the four hours of shanghai live right here on rs1 bye for now this program is a radio show limited production tell your friends there's more at radiolamont.com